Welcome to your Active's Digital Brief Podcast. My name is Luca Bertuzzi, your Digital and Media Editor. This week, we look at COVID-19 tracing up research from the Civil Liberties Union for Europe for a complete overview of the most relevant digital media developments over the past seven days. Sign up to my free newsletter or visit the website youractive.com. This is Euractive's Digital Brief Podcast. This episode is powered by Google. Through its impact challenge on climate, Google.org committed 10 million euros to fund bold technology projects for a greener, more resilient Europe. Learn more about the work of the 11 selected organizations in the Planet Progress podcast at g.co forward slash planet progress. Now on with the show. We have a guest this week, Jascha Galanski, advocacy officer at Civil Liberties Union for Europe, is going to present to us their research on content tracing apps and the relation with the potential privacy risks. Yasha, welcome. Hello, Luca. Thanks for having me. So would you like to introduce this study, please? This week, we published a, a study about contact tracing apps in the EU. Um, the study contains two main elements. The first is an extensive research that covers the deployment of contact tracing apps in all EU states plus the UK. Uh, for this research paper, we worked with 12 European partner organizations. Uh, it all started actually in June 2020 when um, partner organizations uh, sent uh, freedom of information requests to national authorities to get more information on the apps that were deployed. This includes uh, contact tracing apps, but also symptom uh, reporting apps and quarantine enforcement apps. Since then, we've been monitoring the developments in each country. We followed public debates. We interviewed experts. And now the result is uh, an extensive research paper that contains summaries of the 27 plus UK uh, countries and also a general analysis uh, that puts forward key findings of corona apps in the EU. Uh, and the second element is an information hub that contains collections of um, data protection authority decisions, decisions by courts, uh, decisions by policy forming bodies like the EU Parliament and the EU Commission. And it also contains specific laws introduced to regulate the use of contact tracing apps and other data led solutions to help contain the spread of the virus. And this hub is mostly a resource for data protection and privacy litigators, uh, but also for researchers and journalists and other people interested in this field. It really sounds uh, very comprehensive, this work. Can you tell us what was the driver of this uh, research? What were your main concerns in, in privacy terms? So at the beginning, um, there was this whole debate, privacy versus public health. And so we feared that uh, in order to protect public health, we would have to renounce on our privacy. So we imagined uh, horror scenarios like uh, governments tracking our GPS data and storing it on central servers. This would technically allow them to identify who is where at any given time and this could lead to a mass surveillance system and a complete loss of our privacy, uh, especially if the apps are made mandatory. And for example, authoritarian leaders could uh, use this uh, power to monitor and harass political opponents and activists. Yeah, fortunately, the apps were not made uh, mandatory, um, but the idea was introduced in several countries, like, uh, for example, Slovenia, uh, 
fortunately, uh, the opposition always rejected this. So no app was ever made mandatory except uh, quarantine enforcement apps, which are mandatory in some countries like Poland uh, and violate the right to privacy. And um, we believe in general, um, the general data protection regulation in the EU. Another risk, uh, if they were made mandatory, at first there would be opposition, but if it gets passed, people get used to it, uh, it becomes normal, and then uh, invasive technologies are part of our society. And then there's also the risk of function creep, whereby the use of the apps is gradually widens beyond its original purpose. So we think it's really important to step in and say from the beginning, no, this is not okay, and insist that... Um, governments respect our privacy. Thank you. That's very clear. Um, so on the one hand, uh, you point to the fact that governments could overstep these privacy provisions and uh, start tracking their citizens even in normal times. So after the pandemic is over. In your report, though, you point to the fact that it was actually private companies like Google and Apple that stepped in and made this not possible. So these companies normally make money out of people's data. So it is part of their business model. Could you explain why this was the case and what was the legislator's uh, failure in this instance? Exactly. That's, it's very ironic um, that big tech uh, stepped in to uh, preserve our privacy. Um, so at the beginning, governments who decided to use uh, digital contact tracing, um, they were interested in a protocol created by a European consortium of academics, which was more privacy-minded, where data is stored on decentralized servers, so on the mobile phones. And this uh, other protocol was supported by Google and Apple in April, who joined the efforts and said that their operating systems would only uh, accept uh, and support decentralized models. So governments they didn't really have the choice because Google and Apple, they have a clear monopole on phones and operating systems. And therefore, governments had to make a U-turn, like in Germany, who were first interested in the first privacy-preserving proximity tracing protocol, but then had to make a U-turn because big tech told them that they would not support this. So in effect, tech giants, uh, which have no democratic accountability, have uh, overwritten the will of democratically elected governments, in this case, for our privacy. So it's good, but this is obviously very ironic and it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be like that. So I think there are at least two elements in this story. First of all, it is clear that companies like Google and Apple, basically a monopoly over operating system in our mobile phones, and therefore their private policy becomes a global policy for citizens and governments around the world. The other element is that precisely these companies, Google and Apple, have felt the pressure over privacy concerns and are starting to enact their own privacy policy, preventing the efforts of policymakers and in many cases, anticipating them. So my final question would be, Yasha, what do you think went wrong in this whole process? What should have been done differently? So you could say that most apps are relatively privacy-friendly, but there have been many other issues. So, for example, already from the start, um, regarding public procurement, it was not always transparent. Companies were handed out contracts without any public tender, for example, in Germany. 
there was a lack of public debate, which um, also results in a lower trust um, and therefore affects the uptake of the apps. Uptake in general has been very mixed. So in some countries, uh, it has been relatively high. Um, in some countries like Ireland, Denmark, Germany, uptake rates vary between 30 to 60%. But in other countries, uh, for example, in Croatia, less than 2% of the population downloaded the app. Uh, and numbers can also be very confusing. For example, in Portugal, more than half of the users uninstalled the app after only a couple of months. Um, so this is about low uptake rates. Then there has been, in general, a severe lack of transparency. In many countries, uh, app developers and data controllers never published the source codes or the data protection impact assessments, or they published it very late. Um, in many cases, data protection authorities were not sufficiently or not at all consulted. For example, in Belgium, this has been a, a huge issue. In general, another ma major problem is that we have no idea about efficacy of the apps. There are no numbers. It's really hard to determine uh, how many cases were actually prevented via the apps. We've had security holes. In almost every app, there were security holes. And also, there was a false sense of security. Um, some people uh, think that because of the COVID app, that tells them that they have not been in contact with uh, an infected person, that they are healthy. And this might lead some people to ignore important health measures. And finally, there have been huge costs. Uh, so apps have been very costly. For example, in Germany, the app um, costs already more than 70 million euros. And the topic continues to be relevant as contact tracing apps are now also plans to be merged with um, COVID passes, for example, in Germany. Um, so this topic continues to be uh, super relevant in the future. Thanks, Yasha, for this very comprehensive overview. That's all we got time for this week. Don't forget to sign up to my free Digital Brief newsletter to receive a comprehensive overview of digital media stories in your mailbox. I'm your Luca Bertuzzi and thank you for listening. Music